You're listening to The Big Show on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Big Show in the morning, Russick and Rose, no Russick. A little tickle in the throat today, so we kept them away. My name is Matt Rose, Patty Dumas and Alex Brody are in the other room running the ship. Thanks for joining us last hour of the show, and then we're off for the weekend. Hopefully you've got a jam-packed weekend planned for yourself, maybe a little Hitman at the Dome tonight and Sunday, Teddy Bear Toss on Sunday. And then on Saturday night, Flames hosting the Washington Capitals. Second game between those two clubs. But right now, we go down the Alice Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline to talk to our friend and yours. He's the Flames radio color analyst right here on Sports in 960 The Fan. Peter Labardius joins us now. Hi, Lou. Hello, Rose and Bloom. Hi, Patty. Hi, Brody on the beat. <laughs> it's the biggest segment in Canadian sports radio right now, Lou. People can't get enough of it. No, they cannot. And you know what you want to be doing on a day like today? Mm -hmm. Get out there and do some streeters outside. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was nice yesterday because it was colder than today. So that was the fun part. We really enjoyed that, especially being in the studio. I don't know if it's... I think it's colder today there, Maddie. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know, you know, what your gauge is saying, but... My gauge is saying as I wait in front of my favorite coffee spot, um, the gauge is saying she's a wee bit frosty. <laughs> nice, nice morning if you're part polar bear. Yes, like say. there it is. Uh, but hey, we we push on as will the Calgary Flames. Yeah. Um, yesterday. I don't know. A lot of talk is about Jacob Markstrom, obviously. Can't let that happen mm-hmm. on the first goal. But this is also a group that only scored one goal on 46 shots. What was kind of your takeaway from yesterday's game? Well, there was a lot made. And I think why there was a lot made, certainly on our post-game show, where we dug in pretty hard on the Markstrom thing, wasn't as much for me about you know, how he played necessarily. You don't like spotting anybody, you know, an early lead. But, you know, even on the way home, thinking about it, Matty, there's 59 minutes and 47 seconds left in the game. So, you know, if you're going to have a tough moment like that, and and it's hard, but to the team's credit, and even to his credit, I thought, you know, they rebounded quite nicely and took over virtually the rest of the whole night. The hard part was to listen to him. Yeah. That, that's, that was the hard part. But I will say this, um, and I thought more about that, too, on the way home. When you are a passionate, caring you know, all in person, that is how you're going to feel at that particular moment. And that is how he is going to feel and probably has been for quite some time. And his team gave him no run support. It has been very difficult to be a goalie in a lot of places in the NHL Mm -hmm. and especially in Calgary you're in nothing but one goal type games for the most part. And that is incredibly stressful and a hard way to play. 
And the last comment on Markstrom I would make is it seems like the problems at times, more often than not, guys have come early in games. And, and, that, and that tells you, at least I think it tells you, that, you know, this guy just, he wants to make a difference so bad, mm-hmm. puts in so much work, you know, now I think more than anything, where do you go to get some comfort so that, you know, when you go in there and the game starts, it feels like something good is going to happen early rather than, rather than maybe not so much. Yeah, and, and listen, if your top pair defenseman don't let a breakaway right down Main Street in the first 10 seconds of the game, then uh, yeah. there's an, another, another, you know, like that's the thing with Jacob Markstrom that I've been with all season long. They'll, he'll, he'll play a game, he will, you know, low shot volume against for the Calgary Flames, so he'll face anywhere from 25 to 30 shots. He'll make a bunch of good saves, but there'll be one stinker that comes at a bad time and, and kind of, sinks the momentum or sinks the energy of the team. And and that just felt like another example last night. Got the stinker out of the way. I thought he made some real good saves as the game went on. You know, the one on the power play, that's tough. That's a seam pass to one of the best shooters in the league right now. I don't know. I just, I have trouble here because he says he sucks. That's And, and that's fine for him. But I, I still don't think it's been the worst thing in the world. I think there's other goaltenders who are struggling out there too. And, you know, one thing that the Flames have going that maybe the other teams in Western Canada don't have, minus the Jets, is Dan Vladar's been playing pretty solid as a backup as well. So, I don't know. I've I've got interesting vibes on the goaltenders right now. Well, I understand. But let's let's dig a little deeper, Rosenblum, into Western Canada. Mm Mm-hmm aren't all three teams somewhat in the same boat. Now I know Demko got hurt last night. So, so that's, but Spencer Martin has been a reason, you know, until the last couple of games that they have crawled back into a better spot. Stuart Skinner has arguably been better than Jack Campbell. So in all three places, the guy you thought would take the ball and run with it and all good goalies yep. have not started the way they've wanted to. So that's not just a Calgary situation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I checked two days ago going into Thursday or Wednesday's action, Rosenblum, there were 17 NHL teams with a team save percentage below 900. Mm-hmm. That's low. That's low. That Mendoza line of 900. That's you got okay goaltending, or you got good enough goaltending. That's the the rule of thumb, right? But things have changed. Mm. Things have changed, and they continue to change. And I don't know if I've had this conversation with you, but I'll share it on the show because. It certainly made a huge impact on me. Mm-hmm. So when the LA Kings were in town a couple of weeks ago, I had a great chat with, with Todd McClellan, who I've known you know since I was like 19 years old. And I asked him about that very subject 
or I actually threw out this question to him. You know, why is the season for a lot of teams been so topsy-turvy? And, and his thought process, Maddie, was that the game has changed. He pointed to even teams' so-called fourth lines. Yep. Who, you know, he said in years gone by, and it's true, if, if you got four goals out of a fourth liner or five goals, that would be a season's worth of work. Yeah. But he thinks it's never been more difficult on the goalies because there's no time to relax. You know, it's speed, it's skill. There's a lot of young players in the league. They make more mistakes. It's it's not an easy time in the NHL to be a goalie. And I and I and I thought about it and it really resonated with me. Yeah, it's it's been tough to watch, and, and all the streaks that we're seeing this year, like you got Seattle, yeah. who's won five and seven, the Sabres, what, won eight and then lost eight in a row, the Blues did the exact same thing. Like, it's been a kind of strange year in the NHL. But I will say, there is a little bit more parity this year, especially when you look out east, and that I can certainly appreciate, but that's getting a little bit away from our general point here today. Um, wanted to talk a little bit about the offense, too. There were moments yesterday where you like what you see, 46 shots, like Jake Allen was outstanding. Can't take that away from him. But oh, they got goalie. But you gotta but you still have to find a way to beat him there. Like in the third period, I thought that there was a little bit of, oh man, are we gonna get goalied again when they were playing? But the first 40, I thought it was all offensive zone time for the Flames, and as the game went on, just Jake Allen continued to get better and better. I think Maddie, it's the first time all year that a goalie is has done that mm. against this team. You know, there's been other goalies who have had good performances against them. Sure. You know, I'd point to I'd point to at least in the first period, the Flames' next opponent, yeah. Darcy Kemper, what he did in that game in Washington. Um, but this was by and large for the whole night. That was, you know, a first period where the Flames outshot Washington 15-6. to six. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, my overall takeaway, I guess, to go back to where we started, was we're probably, well, we're not probably. There's, there's certainly a reason to talk about the goalies. But they get six goals in a game against Florida where, frankly, I thought, it was sloppy.com and followed that up with a very good night in terms of playing the way they want to play. I, I'd put that game on the table every night and take my chances. So, yes, they need points. Yes, the standings don't look favorable. But I am seeing offensive signs, Maddie, yeah. that they are coming out to a much better place. And not just on that side, on both sides. Now, the, one, the, the bigger concern I have at times with this group, and you talked about the opening, you know, 13 seconds of the game, or, you know, how they've managed the game this year. 
And when they give up opportunities, in a lot of cases, they are big ones. Mm -hmm. There's been self-inflicted wounds this year. Now, again, different people, learning systems, you know, defensive pairings that have now, I think, closer to finding their way. So what they have to do is you just got to stay in the hunt until this isn't changing confidence-wise, whether it's the goalie, whether it's offensively, whether it's defensively. You need to put a string together yourself. Encouraged by the play of Manjapani and Dubé of late? Yeah, I am, for sure. I, I certainly more so in the Florida game. Yeah. Um, but again, I like that line last night. I love the backland line last night. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I thought Andrew made plays in that game. Um, those guys, Dylan has skated. He's been in on the four check. And as I say a lot on our shows, Maddie, you know, that line can really be a matchup issue for other teams. And this week, they've been a matchup issue for other teams. And they have got to be a line. You know, how many times has Daryl talked about, you know, our 23 to 29-year-old guys have got to continue to take another step? And that doesn't always mean, when when that gets said by a coach, and especially from Daryl, that doesn't mean he's looking for you know, another 35-goal season out of Andrew. Yeah. But it means you need to be impactful on a on a nightly basis and drive the bus and do what you do really well and, you know, be good consistently on the other side, which more often than not gives you a chance to be good in the area that people usually assess and look for and and again another great line for me that came out of my Todd McClellan conversation is he said the hardest thing about coaching today and a lot of the modern day athletes where the focus is 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 their mindset is stats to stay hmm. the real mindset is play to stay yeah Fair enough. Um, the last one I wanted to ask you about is, are we talking enough about perhaps a lack of discipline for this team? Manjapani takes a couple of penalties. Backlund gets tagged with a tripping penalty. The The game winner comes with a power play goal against. And, you know, I, Josh Anderson kind of flips the puck at Markstrom. It starts the whole scuffle. The entire thing going, you had a feeling that they were only going to pull one flame out of it too. I understand when you're frustrated, those things can kind of add up, but penalties for this team have been an issue, and that was not a problem under Daryl Sutter's team last year. No, it wasn't. And you know what it speaks to? Mm-hmm. It speaks to it speaks to frustration. Yeah. It, it 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 speaks to wanting to do the right thing, and you know one of my favorite lines, and it's not mine, but I like it is. When emotion overrides intelligence, 
you can put yourself in bad places and it, it doesn't come from a bad place, but that's, you know, whether it's, whether it's Jacob being upset with himself, whether, you know, it's, it's Andrew trying to come to the rescue, you can take penalties, Maddie, you can take them, Mm -hmm. but it is, isn't it crazy in that sport and most sports the kind of penalties you take and when you take them, those ones, when those are on the wrong side of, what do you call it? The Mendoza line. Yeah. Those seem to be the ones that bite you. Mm-hmm. Not the, not the ones that prevent scoring chances or, you know, those ones sometimes you have to take the unnecessary ones. Like you said, are the ones that bite you, but I, I think it's all a microcosm of just a team that is still searching. They know they're better than certainly how the record has been. I also would say, Maddie, I'm not sure the overall play fits the record though. This is like this isn't a team that is getting their you know what handed to yeah, them every night. Yeah, a lot of close games. Yes. Uh, last one. Sean Monahan made his return. Thought it was awesome. Uh, 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 Just uh, the best. He's the best. Yeah. It, it, you know. I and and of course he comes to Calgary, enters the rink in a walking boot, and leaves it that way. Why? So what else? Still, right. <laughs> still a game in Calgary where he's not healthy, <laughs> um, but played his tail off. Um, I thought he really drove the bus for them when they were good, especially in the first couple of periods. Thought his line was their best line. Um, great ovation. Good to see him. The investment, again, yeah. it mattered to him a lot. And as he said yesterday, when you leave home, I don't care if, what you do for a living. Mm. At, you know, he left at, you know, 15, 16 to play junior, but that's in Ottawa and he's from Brampton. But you start your career and you become an adult and you're living, you know, it's you. So it's where it's where he grew up in a lot of ways. And, and more important, not where he grew up, but it's where, you know, he became an adult. Yep, 100%. And you ne- and you never you never forget about those times. And for many of us, those journeys kind of set the template for who you become. Forget about as a hockey player, but as a human. And he, uh, one of the good ones for sure. I was laughing because you know we, everyone saw him in the walking boot, and then he plays, and maybe some people were surprised. Like, You're surprised. This guy played through stuff that would have had most of us regular people in a hospital bed, and he did that for game 22 in a regular season. This guy will play through yep. anything. We should not be surprised at all, and especially in the return game. So thought it was really cool for him. Uh, obviously, for the Flames, they would have liked to win that contest, but nevertheless, um, Sean Monahan, a beauty, and off to a great start this season too. Uh, Lou, really enjoyed the time, as always, my man. Okay, have an awesome weekend, everybody, and, uh, you know, get, get, get poor Georgie back up and running. 
Yeah, we'll uh, fill him full of... He's got, he's got bets to make. He's got yeah, he's got to sprinkle a little sprinkle sprinkle out there, Lou. You know, that those bets aren't going to bet themselves. <laughs> sprinkle, sprinkle. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, put that on your cupcake and have an awesome weekend. Yeah, go Vikings, uh, hey? Hi, everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah go Vikes. <laughs> Bye-bye. See you, Lou. Uh, Peter Labardius joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, 14-time Consumer Choice Award winners. Go check them out, 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast, or give them a shout. Pickup and delivery also available, 403-248-3344. We're live in the Doug Lacey Basement Systems downtown studio. Wet basement. We have a lasting solution to keep your basement dry. If you experience any water in your basement, contact Basement Systems. They're all things basementy. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. We got one more segment left on the show. We're going to be talking a little bit of Capitals. The voice of the Caps joins us next as we get set to tee up Saturday's game. Joe Beninati from NBC Sports Washington will join the program around the corner. Sports at 960 The Fan. Come on down, catch yourself a little piece of history. Alex Ovechkin and the Washington Capitals continue their Western Conference road trip as they make a stop in Calgary to battle the Flames Saturday night. Welcome back to the program. This is the big show in the morning. Russick and Rose. No Russick today out ill. My name's Matt Rose. I'm very happy to go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline to hear the man you just heard call Alex Ovechkin's NHL most road goals. He passed Wayne Gretzky with that tally you just heard. Joe Beninati, the play-by-play announcer on NBC Sports Washington, joins us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Good morning, Joe. How are you today? Hey, Matt. I'm doing great. It was an early morning for the Caps. They didn't get into town till uh, past 2 a.m. last Ooh. night, but um, all is well here, at least. Uh, of course, in Seattle last night, the Kraken uh, with a, a wild goal, seven seconds in. Matty Beneers, boy, is he fun to watch this year. Uh, spoils that one for the Caps. Ovechkin did have two assists in it, though. But I did want to go back to those two goals against uh, the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, he passes Wayne Gretzky for the most road goals ever in NHL history. It's a humongous feat. And he does it with two goals. He ties it, and then he breaks the record. I, I love the video of him on the bench after he had the first one going, that's one. That's what you kind of felt like he was going to get that second one as well. Just how cool was that moment? Um, very cool in a long list of very cool moments <laughs> for, uh, for the 18 seasons that he's been involved with the Capitals. Uh, it's just from a play-by-play guy's perspective, uh, it, it's been a dream. And then every day that you wake up and you do your homework and you read your stat sheets and you go through the background bio and – all of these tables, Matt, one after another, you see the great eight's name, and it's close by Gordy Howe. It's close by Wayne Gretzky, uh, Yaramir Yager, Messier. He's on all of these lists uh, with a pantheon of all-time great players, and you just realize how special it is. And I don't know if we – it may take 10 or 15 years until Alex is – retired for me to fully understand what we've been lucky enough to witness, but it it is remarkably special. And every day you go to the rink, there's a chance at history. This season alone, 
and that's only in 24 games played. He passed Gretzky for most road goals in NHL history. Now it's 402. Passed Trottier for 18th most points in NHL history. He passed Gordie Howe for most goals with one franchise. He passed Brett Hall for second place in NHL's all-time multi-goal games list. And scored his 122nd career game winner, which also passed Gordie Howe for the second most game-winning goals in NHL history. The list just keeps on going. And this year... He's been doing it without his pal Nick Backstrom too. How's that been going? So you hear exactly why I've been spoiled when you <laughs> when you rattle off a list like that. It's amazing, um, Nicholas. With respect to Backstrom, I I, I cross my fingers and and hope. Um, you know, late in the playoff run uh, last season, it was a quick playoff run for the Capitals. Although they had, I thought they had Florida on the ropes. Nicholas Backstrom could barely walk to the bus, Matt. It was so uncomfortable to watch him. And then you're going to sit there and go, yeah, have fun trying to chase down uh, Alexander Barkov. (laughs) But he did it. He did it with a smile on his face. And he knew all the while that he was going to be needing a surgical procedure in the offseason. And very few elite-level professional athletes have come back from the type of surgery that he had, a hip resurfacing on a positive note, I saw him on the ice a week ago. Mm. He looked way more comfortable than he did at any point during the season last year. Now, I don't know when he'll be able to take a hit. I don't know when he'll be cleared medically for that or to return. But when you talk to Nicholas, he's like, you're going to be seeing me around the team a lot sooner than, than later. Uh, that's a great sign. But those two, Baxter and Ovechkin, have been so wonderful together. Um, Nicholas is, is a sublime setup man with great vision, and he's never been a burner, Matt. He's never been no. a high-speed guy to begin with. He's been a puck protector, a crafty setup man who, almost like a grand chess master, <laughs> sees the game one or two moves ahead. It's not speed that re- is ultimately required for him to do well. The question is, will that hip hold up and, and be able to sustain the rigors of an NHL travel schedule, all the hits, all the physical activity? Uh, I'm crossing my fingers for Nicholas, but there's no timetable there. Well, yeah, and, and Flames fans know we just saw Sean Monahan's return with the Habs yesterday, but you know, even after he had his hip surgery, it, it's not that's not a quick recovery, and even once you're back skating and playing – being at 100% is not necessarily uh, the same thing as being back on the ice and skating and playing with your teammates. So hope the best for Nick Backstrom for sure moving forward. Uh, I wanted to ask you about John Carlson. Kept off the score sheet in last night's game, but prior to that had scored goals in back-to-back games. What have you seen from the big defenseman for the Capitals this season? Yeah, how does a pistol lately offensively, uh, Matt, for sure. But last night... Last night was a rough one. John's had an, I would guess you would call it an erratic type season. Mm. Uh, he's mostly been paired with Eric Gustafson, and Eric has come in and done uh, very nicely on the back end. But but John logs so many high-stress minutes. Uh, he's going to get a lot of those tough defensive assignments. I think Gustafson and Carlson, Faravari Jensen are going to be out there most of the time when, when Calgary's top threats are on the ice. John had a rough one last night for whatever reason. The, the entire cap's defense and team collectively i'm not lumping this all on john but last night uh, they had issues as the game went along just getting the puck out of the zone Uh, you go back the game before in vancouver carlson and his mates were brilliant on breakouts everything was boom one two passes right on the tape right out of the zone no trouble and they spent very little time in their defensive end i know um what's the expression time of possession is more of a football stat but as the game went along last night, Seattle's time of possession just seemed like it was going to wear Washington down. 
And after the Caps jumped out to the 2 nothing lead, I don't think they were happy with the way they played the entire night, even when they were leading, yeah. and it was really sloppy in the third. Darcy Kemper had a really solid performance against the Flames when these two teams met 10-ish days ago. Uh, eight, nine, and three on the season. He's got a 9.17 save percentage and a 2.51 goals against average. And Flames fans might say, that's it? Like, he, he was great against the Flames. What have you made about uh, Darcy Kemper's season with some pretty solid numbers? Yeah, we're into December now, right? So in the first month of the season, Matt, I would say Darcy and Charlie Lindgren, both new goalies coming in as Brian McClellan cleaned house from the goalie stable, uh, both of those guys may have been the two best Caps players. Uh, They were awesome in the first month. They've been good since. Darcy's starting to heat up. uh, One, uh, three of his last four decisions, you went through the record. But in, in those four games, he's probably got a save percentage that's hovering around 95 He's a very, very solid stopper. Uh, he's easy to root for. He's come in. He's been a very likable guy. Uh, his mates are, are very much in his corner. And the, the issue with, uh, with Darcy from a, from a defensive standpoint, the team has to be ready uh, to box out. He does tend to leave some rebounds, but uh, I think all in all he's been a real solid citizen, and uh, I, I would say he's up near the top when you asked about top if you if you ask about top performers this mm-hmm. season. Darcy's been just fine and better than that. One of my favorite players when he was a flame was Garnet Hathaway. He's under the radar type of guy. He's one of those fourth lines. I'm sure you're not asked about him a whole ton, but uh, I know that he was someone that certainly endeared himself to the crowd when he was a, a member of the Flames. He's been a, a capital for a while now, but uh, what's what's kind of his role been? What have you liked from that bottom six as a whole for the Capitals this season? Because they got a lot of veterans and highly skilled players in their top six. I'm really glad you you asked about Garnet, Matt, because this is a heart and soul type player. Uh, Another guy who's beloved in the room for his effort, for his grit, for his determination. This is a guy who's going to throw 1,001 hits when he has the opportunity. He's going to slide and block as many shots as possible. He and Nick Dowd have been terrific together, whomever they're paired with. And lately, they've been running around on the fourth line with um, what looks like an NBA small forward and Alexei Protus, who's all of 6'6", and looks like he could be a mean offensive rebounder. Hmm. Um, That trio is going to get 10 to 12 minutes, and they're going to make you feel it. You know, they're going to get out there. They're going to crash and bang. They were uh, nicked out, especially started the season scoring especially well. He's been cool for several weeks, almost a month now. But that trio is one that Peter Laviolette throws on the ice often, when he wants the guys to, quote, play the right way. You mentioned the bottom six. I'd love to see more from Anthony Mantha. Man, Anthony shouldn't be in the bottom six yeah. with his talent and, again, with his size. Uh, I couldn't believe he played less than 11 minutes last night, which is very unusual. But that third-line trio, Johansson, Eller, Mantha, good size, good speed. You know, the Caps, when you look at the at the, the forward ranks, look like a team that should be better than where they are at 10, 11, and 4. I guess that sounds familiar to Calgary fans with these two teams having nearly identical records. I love that you brought up Protus as well. I remember when he was playing in the WHL's final year, he was an absolute monster because he was already probably 6'6 and scored 31 goals and had 80 points in 58 games. Uh, Joe, wanted to ask you just about this division when you look at it for the Washington Capitals. Right now they find themselves 6, 10, 11, and 4 on the season. Well, you look at the five teams ahead of them, Devils, Hurricanes, Islanders, Penguins, Rangers, 
there's not a lot of margin for error here for the Capitals, and and they've kind of hovered around 500. But at this point, you got to have a, a some sort of a, a good run here sooner rather than later to get back into a playoff position. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about that, Matt. And I, I nobody would have predicted New Jersey to be where they are. But the more I see them uh, with my own eyes, the more I believe. Uh, it's tremendous speed. Lindy Ruff has them playing a fast, high-tempo game, and there's a lot of skill there. They're not the biggest team. I think if you can catch them and lean on them, I, I think you can give them some troubles. But we knew Carolina, expected Carolina and the Rangers to be the class of the Metro. Uh, I think the Islanders were due for a bounce back after last season. Pittsburgh and Washington were expected to be the 4-5 in the Metro, and I think they're going to be, you know, battling down the stretch for something uh, akin to that last playoff spot or wild card spot. The team that's surprising to me, and a lot of people had them uh, bouncing back into the postseason, was Columbus. And I'm not saying that Columbus season is is dead and buried, but they haven't been nearly what we expected of them. For Washington, it's strange. You know, they're in the midst of a season-long road trip. Matt, I don't think I've been doing the cap since 1994-95. I don't remember a 12-, 13-day, six-game road trip hmm. consecutively where they were on the road that long. The Caps were the best road team in the league last season. They have not been anything close to that this year. That's got to improve, and they need to improve their home game as well. But especially on the road, to see them now with a road mark of 3-7-3, three, and three, it's a pretty uh, daunting task ahead. I know the schedule is going to ease up after this, but – Wow, they've been they've been roughed up on the road. They know they need to come into the Saddle Dome and be at their best tomorrow. Are they close to getting some guys back? Because Nick Backstrom, we we've talked about him already. Maybe going to be back sooner than people expect, but that's still a hip surgery in the off season. That that is uh, that's no easy fix. Carl Hagelin's been out. Tom Wilson's been out. Connor Brown done for the year. Beck Malenstein, Dmitry Orlov. This team has dealt with a lot of injuries. One hundred and thirty-three man games lost to injury already. And to stud players, you know. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. The, the the great thing is, I have not seen anybody publicly use the excuse uh, of injuries. And Peter Laviolette says they don't even talk about it in the room. But you're at, at one point in time, they were missing uh, four fifths of their power play. You know, it, it's great to see T.J. Oshie back, and he's added a spark since he's returned. Uh, Orloff, I think, is the closest one to a return. He flew cross country to join the team in Seattle. I spoke with him in the press box last night. He said he was feeling better. That doesn't mean he's going to play tomorrow, but yeah. it, would it surprise me? No. The fact that they flew him out here, he must be close. Wilson is dealing with an ACL, and he's busting his butt behind the scenes trying to get back, but they haven't put a timetable on that. Mm -hmm. I heard Initially, I heard whispers of around Christmas time, maybe New Year's. Backstrom, I, I, again, I'm not going to say anything about that. That could be, uh, that could be a while still. Haglin is likely out for the entire season, a, a hip injury and an eye injury. Oh, yeah. Connor Brown is the one that, that really hurts. Four games into his Caps career. You know, I, I thought hockey was a sport where you didn't see a lot of ACL injuries, and the Caps had two of them in six months. Wilson yeah. in the playoffs and Brown in the second week of the season. It, it's been a tough go. Malenstein probably within the next couple of weeks. And Beck is another guy who can sub in for Protus on that fourth line. Another guy, straight line, uh, a hitter, not necessarily a high-skill guy. But the, the players they've been missing for the time they've been missing, it, it's definitely limited the Caps' success. 
Uh, and Beck, another uh, former Western Leaguer right here in Calgary for some of his time with the Calgary Hitmen, too. Joe, this has been a pleasure. Uh, glad you got here safely, although late. Uh, perhaps a nap on the slate today before tomorrow's game. Nap? I'm going right back to bed right now. Are you uh, kidding me? Love it. Love it. That's that's a great play. Well, You know what? We might do the same here on the show. I'm going to go home right to bed. Appreciate Atta it boy. today, Joe. My pleasure, guys. There is there he is, Joe Beninati. He is the play-by-play voice of the Washington Capitals on NBC Sports Washington. And as he mentioned, uh, he's been doing it since 94. That's a long time. Legend. A beauty. Uh, that's wild. He's called every Ovechkin goal. Yeah, man. Makes sense. I wonder if he's had like a day off and missed one. Like, I wonder if there's like one or two goals that... Or, or national re- broadcast, right? Like his right, yeah. Like his first, his first big goal mm-hmm. that he scored, like as a rookie, was the the goal against uh, the Coyotes. Sure, where he's diving on the ground. Yeah, and like, Alex Ovechkin when it looked like it was no longer possible. That's Joe Benedetti yeah. right there. And I, like it's that's from two thousand five. Why? He's been doing a really good job. Uh, they're in town to take on the Flames Saturday night. That'll be at the Scotiabank. Saddle Dome. Um, we've been doing this all day. After Jacob Markstrom said earlier, uh, or said after the loss yesterday. I just suck at hockey right now. Just suck at hockey right now. We've been asking you all day, what do you suck at? And we got a lot. We get a lot of, um, mm-hmm. I suck at fantasy sports. Mm-hmm. I suck at beer league sports. Uh, I suck at dating um, I suck at stating, staying sober. There's a surprising amount of those. Which I want to hope a lot of them are tongue-in-cheek, but, you know. Uh, and then we got just a whole bunch of them that uh, we'll, we'll go through here, and we'll give one away at the very end. Uh, like Chad, this one was good. This is from way earlier in the show. Chad just said he sucks at calling his mom. and we, You got to do that. You got to make <laughs> sure you get mom on the call. Tell her you love her. We had a couple of people being like, I just don't tell people I love them enough. You got to. You gotta tell people that it's important. Uh, Brett in Calgary said, "I suck at proactive Christmas shopping." To which I said, "You can still be proactive, Brett. There's time to change that. You don't have to suck at that forever." We got another one that was in uh, a, a similar vein. Uh, Jared in Calgary says, "I suck at planning a large group of friends to get together and collectively boo Johnny Gaudreau when he arrives with the Blue Jackets." <laughs> That's just like Brett in Calgary. You can change that. Yeah, you got lots of time to change that. I agree. I've been trying to wrangle a couple of my pals together, and it has maybe been a little bit more difficult than I would have assumed. But here's the, I got a pal. He's got a, a birthday coming up. So we were like, hey, why don't we just all get him one ticket, and we can all go, and then it's an excuse. There you go. Yeah. Lots of tickets still available. I'm just saying. Rodrigo in Country Hill says, I suck again to work on time lately. Uh, sleeps in, takes a deer foot, and then, of course, you have car trouble, you know, sprinkle in that the kids were a little bit late, too, uh-huh, or that they uh-huh. were sick or something like that. Um, so he's always late. That's also amendable, but I also, you know, I don't know. I, I've been late for work as well. I'll just say that. We've uh, all been a little late uh, sometimes. Uh, this text uh, from Johnny Gaudreau says, I suck at making promises. Oh, that's too bad. That's too bad. Um, Jeremy says, I suck at not being selfish. Suck at not being... Oh, never mind. In bed. Hmm, no. Um. You know what? I can't read the rest of that one, yeah, but sorry no. to Mrs. Jeremy. Yeah. Uh, I suck at not getting booted out of the house uh, by my old lady. That from Dan, <laughs> who texts us from the doghouse. That's a good one. Um. Oh, I like this one from earlier. Uh, no name on this one. 
But shout out to girl dads. This, I is suck. this was my pick. I suck at doing my daughter's hair in the morning. Tried for pigtails. She's off to school looking like a gosh darn porcupine. <laughs> no dice, fellas. That's, that's, that's my favorite. That would be me. That would 100% yep. be me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron in Auburn. I suck at making 2 a.m. itchy band. Uh, what? He, well, there's a story here. Okay. Threw the itchy band in, threw it on the stove, fired it up, didn't put any water in, burnt the wheels off. Well, there you go. Ruined the pot. So that's oh. fair. I Hope would say pot. I would say mix in a water or some water. Yeah. That's not my best work, but <laughs> that's fine. Uh, Chris in Southwood sucks at technology. How about this? Uh, he went from a Windows XP to a Windows 10 oh. in 2015. The final release for Windows XP, I looked this up, was back in 2008. XP is the greatest and operating st- system. Start- still is. Stop. It started in the early 2000s. So he would have at latest had Microsoft XP for seven-ish years? Man, he wouldn't get the updates. He'd, he'd have problems. That's <laughs> far too long. Like, he's like, what do you guys mean Netflix? I can't run any of this. <laughs> what do you mean I can't do Java? Yeah. I need Java? <laughs> he still uses dial-up. <laughs> the only way to send him documents is via fax oh. or carrier pigeons. Uh, he also moved from an S3 phone to a Galaxy S21, and the S3 hasn't been made in 10 years. No. Nope. I looked it up. It looks like a Palm Pilot. It is very tiny. This is egregious, Chris and Southwood. Clean your game up. I bet his favorite game to play is Pogs. Elf Pogs? <laughs> sure. Elf Pogs. Yeah. <laughs> um, that'll pretty much do it. We got to get to a soccer report as well. But you know what? Shout out, to, shout out to the girl dad. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get a name. We're going to get a location from this lad, but uh, hopefully dad is going to take his uh, porcupine daughter to the Flames game as they take on the Arizona Coyotes Monday. So congratulations, brother. Love it. And um, just keep practicing. Just keep practicing. Uh, don't give up. You're doing a great job. Uh, thanks for all the text today. Really appreciate it, guys. We got one more thing before we say goodbye for today, and that is our soccer report. Yes, uh, we'll start with that. Uh, and the soccer report is brought to you by Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty pro all the way. Let's check in with Group H's action. These games are at the half. Uruguay and Ghana, the Black Stars were awarded a penalty. Are they still going? No, they just reached the half. There we go. <laughs> the Black Stars were awarded a penalty after Uruguay's keeper, Sergio Rochot, takes out Mohamed Kudus. Uh, Ghana awarded that penalty, trying to exercise so many demons from that 2010 quarterfinal loss to Uruguay. Andre Ayew, the only guy that's still around from that squad 12 years ago with a chance to give Ghana the lead, just has a horrendous take from the penalty spot. It's stopped. And not five minutes later, Uruguay opened the scoring thanks to Georgian Di Arascaita. He would add his second a few minutes later. La Celeste well on their way to the round of 16. However, Portugal and Korea, Korea needing a win and a Uruguay win to get through. Portugal would get an early goal from Ricardo Horta. But in the 27th minute, Korea continuing to be the thorn in this side of this group. Despite not looking all that great, Kim Yong-Gwan ties it 1-1 at the half. Group G will uh, wrap up the group stage coming up at noon. Brazil already through thanks to their winning their first two group stage matches. They take on Cameroon, the Lions of Taranga. They need a win and hope the Swiss lose to Serbia. Serbia and Switzerland, they also go at noon. Four years removed from their tension-filled tilt in Kaliningrad. A match that the Swiss won 2-1. 
A win today will see Switzerland progress. As for Serbia, a win and hope Cameroon do not beat Brazil. That will see them through. And the soccer report brought to you by Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty, crawl the way. There we go. Soccer report. Uh, knockout stage starts this weekend. Looking forward yeah, it to does. it. Lots of stuff to get to this weekend. Uh, AHL Wranglers are in San Diego to play the Gulls, so you can stream those games 7 o'clock tonight and tomorrow. The Hitmen host the Tigers at, uh, tonight at 7 o'clock. They also host the Warriors for the Teddy Bear Toss Sunday at 2 o'clock. Highly recommend you grab some tickets to that. It is such a fun game to go to. Uh, the Flames and the Capitals go on Saturday. That's game 3 of 5 on this homestand for the Calgary Flames. It's going to be an 8 o'clock start. Coming up next, it's going deep with Donovan Bennett. Jeff Merrick's going to take over at 10 a.m. The Raptors show with Will Liu at noon. Hockey Central with Haley Salvian at 1. Logan Gordon has Sportsnet today at 2. We got the PDO cast with Dimitri at 3. Flames talk with Steinberg at 4. And then we've got the Hitman game for you tonight. Thanks for listening. We've been live from Doug Lacey Basement Systems downtown studio. Cracked Foundation, Boeing Foundation Walls. We have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. All things basementy. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. Have a great weekend, friends. Talk to you Monday. Bye.